another episode of the Granite List Live. Navigating a sea of benefits solution is daunting at best, and new vendors emerge every week. Host Lee Dill and Sally Pace bring brokers and employers a solid resource when it comes to uncovering what's new, what's needed, and what is happening now to allow for the best plan design possible. By staying on top of trends, brokers and employers can in turn stay on top of spending while improving employee engagement and outcomes. Michael Ketzlak, CEO of National Diagnostic Services, gives us a broad overview of vaccinating large companies on site and the cost of weekly and daily testing. Sally, Lee, and Michael discuss being able to implement strategies that provide a safe environment for the individuals to be close together, but also create a model that is sensitive to the cost burden that the employer would have to be able to continue sequential testing for those employees. With OSHA compliance in the mind of many employers who require their staff to be on-site without a work-from-home option, the cost can make or break a company. Rapid tests when provided on-site can cost around $20 to $30. PCR testing is between $100 and $120. By implementing a pooling method, NDS is able to bring down the cost of the more accurate PCR test to the range of the less expensive rapid test. Listen to this episode to hear how it works. Welcome back to another episode of the Granite List Live. We are thrilled to continue our conversation with Michael around now really taking a look at how people are adapting in the current environment. And Michael, your team, if ever there was boots on the ground in the middle of all this chaos, it's your group. So can you talk to us about what you're seeing in the immediate world that we find ourselves in? It's been professionally uh, very challenging for the last two years. It's been very rewarding professionally. Certainly, uh, it's been very chaotic to deal with it. So we work with a lot of different government entities in the beginning of Actually, in the beginning of the pandemic, we were there for the city of Philadelphia to operate their radiology and cardiology departments and their step-down units. So those step-down units in the beginning where those hospitals were overwhelmed. As overall, as healthcare providers and as governments began to get a better handle on the disease and the spread of the disease, and more importantly, the management of the disease. For us, we've worked very closely with municipalities, counties, essential infrastructure employers like power companies. Now we're starting to work very closely with through districts, also essential employee workers and workforce. And the idea and for us earlier on, the primary focus with COVID was how are we able to put a stop to the spread of the disease? That's really the question that our government clients came to us with. And that stemmed around the problem that you guys may all remember of the fact that the results for COVID testing took approximately anywhere from six, eight days to sometimes 10 to 12 days, where really the results became completely ineffective from the perspective of ability to manage the disease. Because by the time the results would ever come back, those individuals who were potentially contagious would have already spread the disease. The effective outcome of any kind of a testing strategy in a pandemic is very quick turn on the results. Can we do it within 24 hours, quarantine those individuals and be able to really take control of that? So for that solution that we started to do was really build laboratories 
that were centrally located to the testing sites for either the residents, the county residents that we were servicing, or the employers. So we created kind of a hub and spoke model of being able to test individuals and then really provide the specimen analysis right there for within a 12 to a 24-hour turnaround. And that became extremely effective from a perspective of being able to identify the folks and, and getting them appropriate management of care that they needed. That was a big focus. We are one of the larger providers in the movie production industry right now because those productions, in order for them to be able to operate, they have to have sequential testing models, meaning that folks that are having intimate scenes or close together need to be monitored and managed for safety on a daily basis. And those results have to be actuated within a very short period of time, short meaning eight to 12 hours. And we've been able to really manage that spoken hub model too, to be able to provide that service. So, so all of you guys who love successions and love some uh, those wonderful shows and uh, Warner Media are able to watch them. Okay, you really just got my attention. It has nothing to do with healthcare. As a country, we have been thrown into such a topsy-turvy position. And you think about even in the movie industry, the production that you just described, the way that people interact with their colleagues, whether they're on the big screen or in a manufacturing plant. Your team has had to pivot a lot over the course of the past year. Can you talk a little bit about where we find ourselves right now impacts not just the medical plan side, but the work comp side and what you're seeing in that space? Yeah. And for employers, one of the realities of being able to exist as a capitalist country or as a country is we have to work. And a lot of the population does not have the flexibility of working from their home. They have to be on site. They have to be at a manufacturing facility. And those manufacturing facilities have to be open because they are also part of our essential infrastructure as it pertains to the overall economy in the United States. So from that perspective, we've been able to take a look and implement strategies that provide the safe environment for the individuals to be close together, but also create a model that is sensitive to the cost burden that the employer would have to be able to continue a sequential testing for those employees. And what I mean specifically by that is we've, in certain cases, we've implemented strategies of using rapid tests. In a sequential basis, they are not the most accurate tests on earth, but what they do is if in a proper sequential sequence, they do provide a certain level of protection. Right now, most recently, our laboratories have developed something called a pooled model where we're able to actually use the sensitivity of the high-complexity laboratory test, so that, that type of test where you're getting a collection from your nostril and goes out to a laboratory. So now we're able to maintain that sensitivity of that test, but now we're able to combine five or six samples into one, thus reducing the cost up to 80% of the cost of that sample to the employer. So again, that's a strategy that is being implemented right now on a sequential testing model. Sequential testing is when the folks are getting tested on a weekly basis but also then reducing that cost and really bringing that cost down to the same level as a rapid test, but still maintaining that sensitivity that everybody wants to make sure that their workplace remains safe. Can you put dollars and cents to that? If I'm an employer and I'm hearing you talk about cost savings, what does that mean? 
Yeah, so a traditional rapid test when provided on site, the cost is usually someplace around $20, 20 to $22. When PCR test, that high complexity test, is provided on site, that traditional cost is right around $100 to $120. By implementing the pool strategy model that I just described, we can bring down the cost of the PCR test down to that same $20 to $25 range that is there for the rapid testing. So it's quite substantial. Currently, with a current mandate that's coming out from the federal government, mandatory testing for the non-vaccinated population and utilizing OSHA as the governing body to enforce that mandate, it's important for the employers to have the proper tools in order to be able to comply with the mandate requirements. For us, we have the benefit of having our own software development team we're able to develop software tools for the employers to track individuals who are being tested, their results, track them over time. So in a scenario of an audit situation, they'll be able to retain those records and they'll be able to manage with their own safety, their employer population. So how would an employer engage your services to help with this mandate? Uh, the employer can come right to our website at ndswellness.com. They're welcome to call our telephone number, my personal telephone number, at 248-739-9717. They can call our office number at 248-476-6980. And in more detail, what are you offering? Is it your current clients that you're helping test their employees for the mandate that have over 100 employees? Because you do serve larger groups. Or are you going to help with one-off testing? Will you send a mobile clinic weekly to test the unvaccinated? How is the whole logistics of that going to take place? Unfortunately, because of our infrastructure, we service employers with a minimum employee base of 400 employees. And we have folks at employers of 400 employees and all the way up to 40,000, 50,000. And certainly municipalities, as just described, they have close to 700,000 in those counties. The determination of the clinic or the staff that's needed on site is depending on the particular project. So it is, again, it goes, it is not a cookie cutter solution. We try to customize the solution depending on the needs of that particular client and the space that they have available. So in certain cases, like in the movie industry, where the filming changes locations all the time, a mobile clinic is very applicable. In a larger manufacturing plant that may already have space available, a mobile clinic may be an unnecessary additional cost burden, and we can utilize the current space that they have to be able to lower the employer's cost on the service line. I think from the current regulatory environment is very murky right now. Uh, we have a very general described federal mandate. The specificity of that will come out very shortly. We have a very comprehensive legal team that's looking at it and doing analysis. Large component that is going to be, I think, one of the keys to the success of the mandate is the cost of it. So in a public setting, so the nonprofits, whether they're counties, school districts, those are funded by federal CARES dollars right now for these different programs. And I think shortly we will see what kind of funding that is going to be available for employers, self-insured employers. And there is discussion right now of some of that funding coming in from the federal government. So at that point in time, 
will be ready to help employers find that funding to me to take a look at and uh, see if that cost could be offset for them through the current programs. How long is this, this mandate going to last? I mean, are we looking at 2030, people getting tested weekly for something like this? Is this, is there any idea that you have? Yeah, I'll give you perspective on it. From a standpoint of panic right now, statistics on, on this particular disease is from individuals who are vaccinated, there's approximately 136 deaths per every 1 million individuals who are infected who are vaccinated. So if you look at those statistics, the statistics against individuals who are unvaccinated is about tenfold that. So it's about 1,360 people that wind up dying per million in an unvaccinated population. And again, that's significant because it is really reduced to where that was six months ago. Six months ago, those numbers, the unvaccinated folks were close to 50, 80 times more higher at risk for having a high complication. Because of the technology, monoclonal antibodies that you may have heard of, and all of the knowledge that the health providers now have to manage the complications of the disease, the outcomes have really improved. So, where is it going to go? Will COVID go away? COVID will never go away because it will change. It'll be with us. But from a perspective of the crisis, how it has impacted all of our lives, I think that that's going to really dissipate by end of 2022. I mean, and I'm optimistic. I'm hoping. I hope you're right. We hope. We Fingers crossed we're in your corner. But thinking about this mandate and looking at costs, you know, obviously it's a risk to a self-insurance employer to have multiple employees as high cost claimants, those, you know, the complications that can happen with COVID can be very costly on the health plan side. Employers will be aggressive in wanting the vaccinated to join their workforce so that they don't have to pay for testing and the potential penalty that would come for not testing them. So are we going to see a curve kind of like enrolling in school? You have to show your shot record. Is that going to be a new thing going forward? So that, I think, is very difficult at this stage of the game to mandate vaccination for Americans for a lot of reasons. There are complications from vaccination and the outcomes of frequent vaccinations. It's called serum disease. It's, uh, they are there. They're significant, potentially. We have not seen them in the populations yet. But as the frequency of rate of vaccinations or boosters and your revaccinations, that certainly creates uh, increased risk to the individual. So from a perspective of when do you mandate, what do you mandate, this is a very new vaccine, it's very effective, and we encourage folks to get vaccinated. So it's a long, a long answer to a short question, but I think it's going to be some time until we know some of the effects of the vaccines and, and we have a better understanding of this disease. I mean, it's been a very short period of time. I mean, this has only been two years, even two years, year and a half. So I think that it'll take some time before something like this could be vaccinated, an example that you gave where it could be mandated across the board. There's a lot of different variables that come to that decision. Well, Michael, thank you very much. Thank you for your leadership in the industry. Thank you for the way that you and your team are rising to the challenge and the mantle you have taken on as our country has gone through a lot of twists and turns, in particular those, like you said, the frontline defenders that are that have to show up for work 
whether it's in a municipal capacity or in, in some service level, that they have to show up and, and do their jobs no matter what's going on in the world around us. We are really honored to be able to share your story with our audience and, and look forward to many, many more continued success stories as you go down this path. So thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. And we hope that we still continue to have an opportunity to make a difference. It definitely makes you feel good. That's for sure. Absolutely. Well, that's a wrap. National Diagnostic Services on-site programs are designed as a supplement to team members' existing healthcare providers. Our programs focus on educating participants about their health status, educating them on behavior change options, and engaging them to additional care when needed. Our scope has expanded to on-site programs for municipalities and self-insured corporations with a goal of removing barriers of participating by delivering a concierge-level program at the place where people spend the majority of their time, their work. The demand for this service expanded NDS's reach to a national footprint, currently servicing employers in 33 states. Learn more at ndswellness.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Granite List Live. Access our entire library by visiting your favorite podcast venue or subscribe on our site, thegranitelist.live.